Hello, my name is Andrew Gary, and welcome to Seismic Sound Off in depth conversations in applied geophysics. In this episode, I speak with Mirto Papapulo and Farbod Kostra Angel on the recent advances in service wave tomography for near service applications from August the Leading Edge. In this episode, Mirto and Farbo discuss why surface wave tomography has not been applied regularly to near service applications, highlight more efficient models that they developed, explain how automatic data screening allowed for their breakthroughs, and examine what future advances in surface wave tomography will occur. Visit seg.org podcast to read Mirto and Farbo's article, as well as the rest of the links for August the Leading Edge. This episode is brought to you by TGS. TGS offers a wide range of energy data and insights to meet the industry where it's at and where it's headed. TGS provides scientific data and intelligence to companies active in the energy sector. In addition to a global, extensive and diverse energy data library, TGS offers specialized services such as advanced processing and analytics alongside cloud-based data applications and solutions. Now for our conversation. Well, thanks for taking time all the way out from Italy and, and on your summertime. We're excited to look at the leading edge for August. So the paper that you all published in August, the leading edge is titled Advances in Surface Wave Tomography for Near Service Applications. Before we explore how it's used in near service applications, could you briefly explain how this technique is used more readily maybe to image the Earth's structure? Yes, uh, surface wave tomography is a method that uh, is well known and has been well established in the field of global seismology, where it has been used for decades to map features of the Earth at uh, global and regional scale. Uh, the method is uh, based on the analysis of uh, the signal measured by different stations, and for each station pair, uh, the, the seismic signal is cross-correlated. It's uh, based on the interferometry principles to extract uh, a dispersion curve that characterizes the path between the two uh, receivers. Uh, having many dispersion curves from different receiver pairs, these are inverted in a tomographic approach to retrieve a velocity model that is usually a shear wave velocity model, a VS model. And because of the way the dispersion curves are uh, extracted between the pairs of receivers and the high data coverage can be achieved, and because of the tomographic inversion, uh, this method is known to be of high resolution. High resolution is a very important thing. And why why has surface wave tomography not been applied maybe more consistently to near surface applications in the past? And indeed, uh, the most uh, common approach uh, for near the most common uh, surface wave approach for near surface characterization is a multi-channel approach. Uh, in which uh, instead of using only two receivers recording at a time, uh, several uh, traces uh, are used to uh, to estimate a dispersion curve. Given uh, given that several uh, traces are used, a uh, high signal-to-noise ratio is expected. It is very robust and convenient, but at the same time, uh, it suffers from uh, lateral variations. With the, with the expected uh, lateral variability at the level of near surface, the surface wave tomography can be very beneficial, but as you said, it was uh, rarely applied. 
There are many factors for this, but uh, the most important one is probably the the long processing time uh, to to reach high resolution uh, models with the surface wave tomography. Uh, many dispersion curves, much more than uh, MASW, uh, should be peaked. Usually, this uh, peaking uh, stage is uh, performed manually uh, by an operator and leads to long processing time. At the same time, uh, using two-station method, the various modes of uh, surface wave, which are uh, very expected at the near surface level uh, due to the complexity of the the, the region. The two-station method uh, is enabled, uh, it cannot uh, separate the, the various modes of surface wave. And even if only the fundamental mode uh, is the target for the surface wave tomography, it can be contaminated with the higher modes and create uh, large uncertainties uh, for the estimated uh, models. And uh, the, the last thing that I can think of is the estimation of P-wave velocity. This is not uh, only restricted to uh, surface wave tomography, but this is an issue for uh, surface wave methods in general. Uh, the VP is uh, usually not uh, accounted for in these methods uh, since the surface wave dispersion curve is considered uh, less sensitive uh, to VP as it is to uh, VS models. Now, looking specifically to this paper, why did you all develop for surface wave tomography or what did you all develop for surface wave tomography to make it more efficient and produce these models that you desired? Well, in, in an effort to tackle um, the limitations that uh, were described by Firebot, first of all, we, we developed a processing tool uh, that is completely automatic and data-driven and can provide a large uh, number of uh, dispersion curves input to surface wave tomography uh, without the involvement of an operator at any stage. So it's pretty convenient. Uh, to be able to handle higher modes, uh, we developed a processing tool that uh, basically isolates the, the different modes in the data, and then the data are processed again automatically for the different modes, and uh, we can pick a multi-mode uh, set of uh, dispersion curves. And we also uh, implemented a multi-mode inversion into the scheme of uh, tomography to be able to use the different mode uh, dispersion curves into a common, a unique inversion, a unique tomographic inversion. And finally, to, to be able to estimate also VP, we integrated uh, surface wave tomography with uh, another surface wave method, which is pretty, pretty new. It's called the wavelength depth method, which can be used to estimate the Poisson ratio using only surface waves. And this Poisson ratio allows us to convert the tomographic VS model into a high-resolution tomographic uh, VP model. Yeah, that's impressive there. In the paper itself, you outlined two case studies talking about this. Could you briefly outline one of those two case studies in the article that demonstrate these powerful uses of surface wave tomography? Okay. Uh, one of the data sets that was uh, processed in the, in, the, in the article was, uh, requ- was acquired in uh, Papua New Guinea, P- PNG. Uh, it was a very interesting data set. It, it was uh, acquired, it was a 3D pilot uh, data set that was acquired under Metis research project. Uh, Metis uh, was created to revolutionize acquisition technologies and to create a system that facilitates uh, acquisition in 
remote areas such as uh, foothills and uh, forests with the extreme environments. In this context, in the context of uh, Matisse's acquisition, the receivers are placed in a container and they're delivered to predefined location using uh, drones. And they are dropped from the sky to the, to these uh, locations. We wanted to test if uh, the surface wave uh, data uh, available in this data set, which was acquired with uh, novel technologies, can be used to, to estimate a 3D uh, velocity model. You used some uh, kind of key words there that just made me think of cutting edge. And this next question kind of gets to that. Uh, of how did utilizing the state-of-the-art acquisition technology impact your study? Indeed, there were uh, a lot of challenges, but uh, these challenges were at the same time exciting dealing uh, with this uh, data set. First of all, we had to uh, we had to check the quality of the data that was recorded using uh, this technology. Specifically, we had to check the surface wave data available uh, and see if they were uh, we were able to use them to perform the processing of the uh, surface wave tomography. Uh, at the same time, as I mentioned uh, before, the, the, the acquisition was performed in the forests uh, of PNG and the receivers were only uh, delivered in the locations that were accessible from the skies, uh, to, to be more exact, in the gaps between the uh, trees. Also, the, the, the sources, uh, the modgun sources that were used were limited to the more accessible locations, basically in the access roads. Uh, this whole uh, acquisition scheme provided a full uh, 3D uh, irregular, uh, with irregular uh, geometry of deployed uh, sources and receivers that was not uh, designed for the surface wave tomography. At the same time, given that uh, this data was a pilot data set, small number of sources and receivers uh, were used, uh, which uh, limited us for, to, to, to uh, reach the sufficient uh, data coverage that we required for the surface wave tomography. However, uh, including the higher modes of the surface wave, we were able to uh, reach the, the, the good data coverage and achieve uh, a successful uh, application of surface wave tomography and obtain high resolution uh, VSMVP models. What did moving away from human processing demands to this more automatic data screening, what impact did that have on the study? Well, automation allowed us to easily uh, extract a large number of dispersion curves in a very convenient way. And uh, for instance, in, in, in our other case study uh, from uh, a mining site in uh, Sweden, we were able to pick uh, 2,500 dispersion curves along, um, along the line. And having this dense uh, data coverage, we were able to create uh, an initial model for the inversion, for the tomographic inversion with a very dense grid and obtain uh, a model that provided um, also small scale anomalies. It was very very detailed. Comparing our, our results with traditional multi-channel analysis, we saw that uh, these kind of anomalies were not depicted by the multi-channel analysis. If we didn't have this automatic tool uh, to feed high coverage to the tomography, it would not be feasible to do it with a manual approach. Well, that, that, that's exciting that, that this technology and, and the tools you're using are allowing you to, to do some, some new things. How, how does the method you highlight in this article support a more comprehensive understanding of the near-service environment? 
as was mentioned before, uh, the the uh, automatic uh, processing that was the developed allowed us to to estimate a large number of dispersion curves, which uh, ultimately results in high resolution models. Uh, at the same time, with the uh, muting strategy in, in the two-station method, we were able to uh, separate the modes and uh, include uh, various modes of surface wave in, in the tomographic inversion. And thanks to the uh, larger wavelength usually uh, associated with the, uh, with the higher modes, uh, longer uh, investigation depth uh, were, were achieved. We, we also, in this work, we also uh, accounted uh, for the VP model. We estimated the VP model that can be used to, uh, for, uh, for geotechnical purposes, uh, for static corrections and other applications. One of the exciting things, I, I'm sure, when you're working on these papers, I always like to ask, did, did any of your findings at the end of the day particularly surprise you? Well, uh one of our two case studies, the one in uh, Ludvika, this was uh, part of a very big European project called Smart Exploration, uh, which basically developed tools for uh, mineral exploration, innovative tools. And this uh, site was uh, really um, deeply studied by many researchers with different uh, geophysical methods. So uh, we did have a wealth of information. So. Uh, more or less, it was also a test for us to, to, it served as a benchmark for us to make sure that our method uh, provides results that make sense with respect to the a priori information. Uh, but in any case, we saw that uh, we were able to depict uh, features that we did not, we could only assume earlier, such as a shallow fault or a, a fracture zone, etc. cetera. Uh, the other case study, the PNG, well, in this case, um, it was a virgin area, so to our knowledge, uh, no no other studies exist that provide information. So let's say that all the results that we achieved with surface wave tomography were a surprise. Quite novel, I would say. There, you know, what what are you excited? What would you like to explore next for near service applications with surface wave tomography? Our automatic. Uh... Processing step is a, at very good stage, uh, I can say. Um, the next step would be to to move to real time processing and inversion, so that we can uh, we can update a draft of the the model uh, in real time when the data are being uh, acquired. And also, we, most of our applications were limited to exploration type of uh, data. We would like to apply. Uh, the method to more challenging data sets, such as the ones that are acquired in urban environments. You know, what new technology or future advances, you know, maybe that's, that's not happened yet or on the horizon, are you most excited about that will improve service wave tomography? Well, I think that uh, since our target would be a real-time tool that can be used while acquiring the data, perhaps moving towards more cloud-based data storage and analysis could be uh, very beneficial to, to this kind of real-time approach. Uh, but also, of course, the continuous improvement of uh, the equipment, the sources, the receivers, uh, moving towards more broadband data can be very, very beneficial for surface wave tomography, considering that they can provide uh, wider investigation depth to, to our retrieved models. Well, thank you both for putting together this paper. Uh, I know I know you had other co-authors as well. Thank you for sharing the work that you all are working on and, and using surface wave tomography in, in the in the near surface. Uh, that's that's an 
a novel and new approach. So thanks for sharing with the leading edge audience what what could be what are the possibilities with with this technology. Thank you very much. Thank you for having us. Thank you for listening to SEG's flagship podcast, Seismic Sound Off. SEG produces these episodes to benefit its members, the geophysics community, and inform the public on the value of the science. To show your support for the show, please share this episode with a friend, colleague, or manager that would enjoy hearing this show. Your recommendation is the single best action you can take on behalf of SEG's podcast. To receive the latest episodes first, Follow Seismic Sound Off on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Google Podcasts. The SEG Podcast team is Ted Bakamjan, Kathy Gamble, and Ali McGinnis. Thank you for listening. This is Seismic Sound Off, signaling off.